0: talk about tv shows yeah we'll do that
1: from csg studios high above the streets of beautiful denver colorado you're listening to the colorado sports guys they talk about sports and stuff and now your hosts jeff morton ross martin and nate Timmons. What's up, everybody out there entangled in the interwebs? Ross, hipster's glasses, Martin in the house. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the CSG podcast,
0: where the West lives. It lives on and on and on and on
1: and on. Making his way all (laughs) head on and on. From Thornton, we got the king himself, Jeff Morton. I never
2: know how to operate after after Ross's fear from assignment because it's like now I'm used to you throwing it to me first. Right. It's like, man, now now we, now wow. we get to, to where the West lives.
0: You're a beacon of adapting <laughs> and overcoming these challenges. He's been called
1: Bob Sacamano. Well, the Bob Sacamano <laughs> of the city Is podcast. that what I am? What Bob, did, Bob What did Tim Conley call him? I
2: forget. Oh, man. I'm, I called him Bob Sacamano. What did you
1: Tim had a much him? more recent reference. Conley went old school. Yeah, he
2: it? went really old school. I, I can't even remember what he said, but it was... Uh,
1: you called know. you Deep Throat, maybe. Deep Throat. <laughs> maybe not that. Not the porn. <laughs> back. Not the porn. Oh. I didn't realize that film came out in like, actual theaters the time it was released. That's when porn was classy. Right? Wait, yeah. what? Very
2: strange. The, mo- the movie Deep Throat. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were talking about all the president's men. No.
0: <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? That too, yeah. I can't believe they released <laughs> I that I can't movie. believe they put that <laughs> in <laughs> theaters. <You can't laughs> I starring the two <laughs> biggest movie stars in history.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought
2: that would direct a video. <laughs> did they have direct video? Yeah, VOD. Why would you
1: waste time on the theaters <laughs> on that movie? They shipped you a canister of film. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that movie. But oh, anyway. it's, oh, it's a great it's movie, amazing! I yeah. love it.
0: Great book too. I watch it every couple years.
1: We'll definitely get into some Nuggets trade chatter and NBA I trade like chatter in a little movies. bit, but we're sticking yeah. with well, some like, uh, culture. While Ross is around for a minute.
0: Spotlight that was great. Is so good. Yeah.
1: Spotlight was killer.
2: Love yeah. that. Yeah. Did Spotlight yeah,
1: kind of make you uh, scared for where media is nowadays? <laughs> like, it's like, man, that was they were doing like old school, solid reporting, and it's like. Does that even happen anymore? No, it doesn't. Yeah, no, it doesn't. People
0: just read (laughs) tweets on the
1: news. (laughs) Even I've found this for years. Like I'd write an article, and whatever headline I would write, people would just. This still happens. People just react to headlines, right? Without ever reading stories, it's it's frustrating. I only read the headlines. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think more people now have probably tailored headlines to actually be more of what the story is about. I used to have just abstract ass headlines that meant nothing. Yep. Have you ever
0: like uh, seen British newspaper uh, websites where they have like Jeff has, I'm sure. a headline, yes. and then they have like ten bullet points? Yeah.
2: And it takes up the whole page, like in the Guardian. Then, the Guardian. Yeah, yeah. And then
0: like yeah. the article is like nobody even reads that.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's because they yeah they they delineate exactly what's in the article, so you're like, okay, maybe I want to skip down to this part of the article yeah. here. I don't want to, which is interesting because people want to want a lot of people want the podcasts like that because they want to be able to jump to wherever what people are talking yeah, not about. But we're we're so as esoteric that you know well, I mean, you got to listen to the whole damn
1: thing. Yeah, to listen do. to all of it. <laughs> and I've so done not, stream of consciousness. We don't
0: huh? want anybody half in.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah, I've done some <laughs> some marking of time in our podcast but some people do it real specifically and it's like who cares i just want to you know i want to hear the whole thing the ringer the other day i did download uh a mark Schlereth podcast just to listen to him talk to terrell davis because i thought davis was i was like oh this is gonna be sweet they're gonna talk about old school stories about the team and this and that and it was like five minutes about how he found out he got into the hall of fame and then it was like all right see you later td i was like well that
0: sucked you know i was shocked he got (laughs) in but i'm so happy he deserves it yes hell yeah he deserves of it. Of course. Can, did you guys know that all the people that are eligible, like the finalists, go to a hotel and sit in a room? And then either. Terrell s- talked about that whole thing on there. Yeah, yeah. And either somebody comes and gets you or they don't.
1: What a horrible, or, no, they, horrible <laughs> right? thing. I think they come, they come to you regardless and tell you good news or bad news. Because oh. Terrell said, like, the year before the guy was, like, kind of down. And this year he was kind of, like, excited. And he was yeah. like, I could kind of tell right away, like, I think he said something like I told the guy, you know, is it good news or I'm going to have to punch you in the face? Like, which one? You know, Damn, that's weird, isn't it? Like, that's, would, that's, that's as old school so as it gets. awkward.
2: Yeah, that is that awkward. Is very awkward. You just leave them at home and send them a text message. Exactly. I mean, it's it's
1: kind of like, uh, it kind of reminds me if they did it right, it'd be like old school, right? Where they get a van and go around and pick up all the guys in the Hall of Fame. Round them up. Remember that? The movie Old School <laughs> and he smashes that grocery cart in oh, the parking lot. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> tell me, buddy, we'll fucking kill you. <laughs> just kidding. We'll have him home by six.
0: You know? uh, I rewatched Old School recently. Apparently not that recently if you didn't remember the van scene. I do remember it. I like that movie. I really like that movie.
2: Excellent use of Here I Go Again in that movie. it.
0: Have you guys watched The Young Pope? You guys heard of
1: this? I have not watched it. I have not watched, I have not watched my, it. My was. sister told me that, how many episodes is the first season? Ten. I think she said she started to like it after episode eight. She finally started to get into oh, it. Oh,
0: no. It's so good.
1: Yeah. The whole thing is good. Really? Yeah. You know,
2: you know what's funny? I just don't care that much about... When, when I first saw this, when the someone pope? had mentioned Priests it... Priests
1: and the Pope, yeah. When, <laughs> some, when I either.
2: first saw this, someone had mentioned it on Twitter. I swear to God, this is the way Twitter is, and this is the way culture has gone. I immediately thought it was some rapper who called himself that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Young, Young Pope. Pope. <laughs> it's like Mark Pope, yeah. not a rapper.
2: <laughs> I immediately thought, oh, God. What that's a horrible name for <laughs> I think that's actually a great name. Yeah, that's a pretty young good Young Pope? Name. Yeah. You got to just have a pontiff hat on. and
1: uh... From God's mind to my voice, <laughs> I'm the young pope.
2: Nate Timmons. <laughs> Nate Timmons, young pope. Yeah. I'm going to do this. You guys got to
0: watch the young pope. Il Papa.
1: I just saw. I'm uh, going to leave
0: now until you guys watch the young pope. I'm not coming
1: back. That's it? Nope, I'm just kidding. You calling it? Okay, so is it, is it a, worth watching, though? I mean, I'm, Oh, yeah, so good. I did see the Batman Lego movie. That was awesome. So, I All right, everybody loved that first one. The Lego movie? I thought it was not that good. I I enjoyed the Lego movie. I think they could potentially make thousands of these movies. This is true. And it's and it was basically like a
2: morality play on kids and dads and the dad paying attention to you. But I mean, it's like Yeah, it was good, but I mean, Talk about a
1: preachy movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: so dumb. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was watching. Uh, <laughs> I don't want messages in my movies. <laughs> I was listening to Rogan's podcast yesterday, and he's arguing. I think it was when he had this a former anchor at Fox News on, and they started arguing about Avatar. and Rogan's like, "Oh, I love that movie." And the guy's like, Oh, it's government propaganda." Bro. And Rogan's like, "It was aliens killing stuff. Like, that's all. It's a, it's a movie. Like, don't don't read into it that much, right?" Yeah, like. Uh, like the Lego movie wasn't preachy, Jeff. It was just a good movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you comparing me to some nut job that was on the Rogan <laughs> podcast? Like, uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> um, comparing you to an ultra right. Yeah. My
2: God.
0: <laughs> yeah, Lego Movie, not very subtle. Zootopia, excellent movie, also not very subtle.
1: What was the message in Zootopia? Oh, you, it
0: was like about racism, basically. Oh, 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 really?
1: Oh, wow.
2: Utopia, the 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 one, the one with. Uh, um. What's her name and who is this? It? The, girl from, uh, oh, what's his the face? girl from Big Love. Uh, oh, you're talking about Zootopia. Zootopia. Oh, I thought you were talking about, uh, the uh, what was the one with uh, Matt Damon and... Uh, we bought a zoo? No, no, but the, the, the colony... <laughs> The colony that was in oh. it, yeah, th- that one was really preachy too. I forget. Yeah, Mars it was not called Zootopia. Utopia. Utopia. I don't know what it was called. Oh,
1: that, that movie, movie sucked. Yeah, that movie yeah. Sucked. it looked like it was going to be amazing from the previews. Uh,
2: what was her name? Oh, the, oh uh, Jodie Foster. She was awful in it. Was it he called? Awful. Like, you know, Matt Damon is one of the most overrated actors.
0: I mean, I think he might be a good yeah. actor, but yeah, he doesn't not great. make that great of movies.
1: That one about uh, was it about fracking that he was in? That movie sucked. Yeah, it I'm had, had such that. big plot holes. I wasn't watch it's that horrible. Garbage. Um, I'm going to look up that movie, Jeff. What was it called? Did you guys know Matt Holliday signed with the Yankees? He did? Yeah. Matt Holliday. Like $13 million. Really? Matt Holliday. Man, he's kind of past his prime, though. I just pulled up my Google bar, and Matt Holliday came up because I searched takes. <laughs> <other laughs> I was like, what <laughs> was Matt Holliday up to? <laughs> i got to find this Rings
0: movie. There was a movie I just watched that was very political, but I still liked it. It was one of those. Uh, nah, I don't remember. What was. Uh, I I've watched so many movies. The one I watched on recently
1: Elysium. Elysium. Elysium, yes. yes yeah. That movie had such promise, and it was such garbage. It was terrible. I can't believe it was that's
0: the first thing you thought of
2: when I said
1: Zootopia. <laughs> I
2: told you, no, I thought you said Utopia, <laughs> and then I thought that was the name of the movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Unlike you, Jeff doesn't have kids, or he's going to kids' movies all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Are
0: you going I, to a lot of kids' movies? No, I mean, my daughter's too only... Too young still? Yeah, we haven't taken her to a movie.
2: Is she She's, what, two now? So She's two, almost three, three yeah. yeah. So we we really can't really. Is it not movie theater type of? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know they
0: some movie theaters do like these daytime ones where you're allowed to bring kids and even babies, and they keep the lights up and turn the sound down a little bit. Really? But that's not you know that's not something I'm going to participate in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You could have been like uh, we went to a showing one time of uh, uh, Transformers at like 10:30 at the IMAX on Colorado Boulevard. 10.30 10.30 p.m., and there was, like, a newborn baby right behind us with, what like, the a, hell are like a one- thinking? or two-year-old kid. Was it in Aurora? No, it was at Carlisle Boulevard, David Buster's Because I right went to the the, the
0: brew brew house movie theater or whatever in Aurora. What's it called?
1: Oh, movie, tavern? movie Tavern? Movie Tavern. Movie yeah. Tavern. Yeah. Like, yeah. the office chairs you have to yeah. sit
0: in? The chairs were badass. Yeah. But there was, like, a family in the front row with, like, four kids under the age of five. Oh, One God. and one infant. And we saw the movie The Arrival. I didn't know what the hell was going on because there was literally a baby crying and kids screaming, <laughs> running around. And, like, I, I couldn't, I don't understand who these people are that do this. Why bring them to a movie? Wait till it comes out on video I if mean, you're going
2: to subject them to that. You well know? They
0: had, yeah, and they had, you know, like, the whole family there. The grandmother, grandfather, uh, you know, siblings. And then the little kids. I'm like, leave the grandma home with the
2: kids. Yeah. You know, you got built-in babysitters. I don't understand it. <laughs> it's just built-in. It, it perfect. Make, it doesn't make sense to, to do that because the kids can't enjoy the movie. They're not going to enjoy the movie. They won't understand what's going on. It's just big pictures on the screen. Although my dad did, did take me to see uh, E.T. when I was five. And I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I, I do remember seeing it multiple times. I don't know <laughs> if I... If I appreciated the movie, <laughs>
0: I heard, I've heard that it holds up. Holds up, you the too? movie. I haven't seen it in 30 years. I you know, I haven't seen it. Since but I've heard, heard that, movie. like, you watch it today and it's still a good movie, and it's not really dated. Da, da, My favorite da. trivia from that
1: was uh, not trivia, but just stupid fact was M and M's didn't want their product associated with an alien, so they. Chose not to be in the movie, and that's when Reese's Pieces snuck in there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, interesting.
0: They didn't want their product to be they associated featured
1: with in aliens. a beloved something like that. Yes, <laughs> beloved
2: kids movie. Yes, <laughs> that's, man, that's weird, man. Right? Yeah. I, I I saw on Amazon. I saw what a this, time to be alive. Huh? I saw the only last. I haven't seen a lot of movies lately. I saw a movie called Lights Out. It's a horror movie, and it's it was okay. but I I just it haven't seen aliens. No, no it's uh it's uh, the movie where you turn out the light and this thing comes at you it's it's based on a, like a short that was in a, a film festival kind of like the movie mama that came out a couple of years ago mama and it wasn't it, it was one of those things where it's like the premise didn't hold out for a whole movie and you could tell mm. and it's like it was only an hour and 20 minutes long and you could it could have been at least 40 minutes shorter than it was <laughs> then it's like oh man but that, i really haven't seen Honestly, outside of that, I haven't seen many actual movies lately. It's been mostly television shows. And, and I think that's, you know, with with on-demand and stuff like that where you can just do it. I think more of these things are being watched, like, by well, it's television where you can just, like, binge it yeah. over, over time. I so. tried
0: to watch uh, <coughs> that mo- that show Taboo hmm. with yeah, Tom it sucked, Hardy. Yeah, sucked, doesn't it? Well, those commercials, man. Oh. How does anybody, even with the, the DVR, I can't, I mean, it just ruins
1: it. Yeah, commercials suck, and plus that show sucks, too. So. And I can't tell if
0: it's good or not.
2: I just couldn't it's not. keep up with it. <laughs> if you, you if, right now, it's If not. you like comedies, i got two. They're uh, like,
1: oh, wait a minute. So sleeping with a family member is popular. <laughs> Game of Thrones made that cool. Let's do that. Let's have do him that. sleep with his sister, and then uh, <laughs> we'll do some magic shit that doesn't make any sense. Uh, we'll make everybody disgusting-looking and have no real storyline. And it's like just, I don't know.
2: Uh, if you want, if you like, all you com- have to do is uh,
1: the major plot hole in that whole show is all you have to do is kill Tom Hardy and all your problems go away. And like the English and the French refuse to kill him or the Americans and the English, whatever. It's like just kill the guy, cowards, cowards. Yeah,
2: I'll kill him. Hell. If you like to, if you like comedies, there's two shows I'm watching Santa Clarita Diet, which is really funny. It's Heard really weird. It. It's really funny. Drew Barrymore is really good in it, and uh, Schitt's Creek.
1: I don't like seeing uh, Schitt's
2: Creek. Never heard of it.
1: I've I have have heard of Shit's Creek. I don't know what it's about.
2: It's uh, got uh, um, uh, Eugene Levy in it, and uh, and uh, uh, Catherine O'Hara, and uh, what's his name, uh, Elliot. Um.
1: See, I like I like Timothy <laughs> Oliphant better as like the uh, sheriff in Justified, or as the psycho in Deadwood. The yeah. sheriff in there too. I don't was like in Deadwood. In... Yeah, I
0: never watched Deadwood. Oh, I need to watch you that. You
1: would love Deadwood. Yeah, See, but
2: but it was. Have you seen any of Santa Clarita Night?
1: No, I just I watched like an extended preview. I'm pretty sure I know everything it is, that it's about.
2: It is hysterical. <laughs> it is so funny.
1: I don't That's mean, Netflix,
2: right? Yeah, it's Netflix. Yeah. Is
1: it funny or Is it just like aha <coughs> uh-huh, funny?
2: No, it's funny. It's uh, legitimately funny. I'll give it two episodes. It's and Jeff. it's American,
1: and I'm watching it. It's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> very strange all I got for TV. I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Do you have anything that you... Billions is back, season two. Billions?
1: I, s- I started watching season one because I think I had a preview on Showtime or something. I only made it through, like, the first episode. So I good. I couldn't take Giamatti screaming. Uh, Paul Giamatti. He's the man. But I think the interesting thing was, so the guys that make billions are the guys that made rounders. It's really? The, it's the same guys. They were on... Uh, one of the guys was on Simmons' podcast recently, and they started talking about Billions and he said, like, one thing that they did when they were making shit. They are making one of their other movies or shows, and they said the thing they kept running into was that all these, like, high-priced escorts and stuff were doing really weird stuff with, like, high-up politicians and stuff. So that's why they made Giamatti in that, like. Uh, oh, like the S&M. Yeah, the S&M Because, ah. yeah. like, we keep seeing this as a pattern in real, like, all these prostitutes we talk to. And escorts are telling us this is a real thing. So we're like, well, shit, let's do it.
0: Yeah, you got to be wired a little differently to, like, pursue that line of work. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. I think everybody knows. (laughs) You like to, you know, inflict pain on other people. And, uh, man, could you imagine being, like, a U.S. attorney? Yeah, it'd be awesome. Just, like. Making up your own rules. Just locking people up for. Stupid stuff. Man.
2: (laughs) Do
1: something else. (laughs) Oh, Man, amazing! Well, guys, Roscoe, you're bound out before we talk NBA. i was to say else? this is a, run.
2: This is this is. But you know, we do, when, in the future when we, you're on assignment, we got to have you do a segment like this with us. Like when at, when you're like in Calgary or wherever you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lithuania.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I found that you go to. That's where. A- uh, uh, no, uh, <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> Arturis Karnasovas? No, 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 The Nugget.
2: No, he's from Serbia. Serbia, that's right, yeah, yeah. Lithuania, that's Kristaps uh, that's Porzingis. Ah, yeah. No, he's Latvian. No, he's, he's from Latvia. What's his name? Yeah, Why can
1: I think of his name? It's Nikola Jokic? No, Jokic, yeah. yeah. I yeah. kept
2: thinking Nerkic. That guy's, guy's out. Nurkic was from Bosnia. Yeah. All those Eastern Bloc countries, yeah. you know. It's, yeah. Got him out. They're all, they all end with an uh. Yeah. <laughs> How are the Nuggets doing? Good? In the playoffs? Well, just uh, coming off the the all-star break.
1: They're going to be in a playoff race. There's like four teams battling for the eight seed, Yeah, and all four of those teams decided to make trades with each other recently. The Nuggets and Blazers traded, and then the Kings and the Pelicans obviously traded, so now the Nuggets two and a half games up on the Pelicans, but the Pelicans now have Anthony Davis combined with DeMarcus Cousins, so there could be a legit run there. Those two teams play three times the rest of the way. You know, I've spent some time in Portland in the last few
0: months. Yeah. That city is frickin' – they love the Blazers. Yeah. it's all they got. I mean, they – Oh, their soccer team. People I wouldn't expect to be Blazers fans. They're just like, yeah, Uh, if you do an event at, you know, a Blazers game, I'm in. And we do events. Last year we did like ten events at the Pepsi Center in a suite, and nobody – Nobody wanted to show up.
1: Isn't it weird because you'll have guys that look like David Cross, but they're huge Blazers fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, this makes no sense. It's like a hipster move. Like the in dudes, are, the people on the show Portlandia are going to Blazers games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, ama-
2: it's amazing. And then you, I mean, Oklahoma City is the same way. Everyone loves the loves the Thunder down there. I was just like these markets where that's the only thing in town. They all just are all in. All you know, in Salt Lake.
0: I, I, I go there like almost once a week. They don't seem that into it. They seem more into like uh, the U. U- University of Utah. Are they, they're they
2: kind of like Denver in that. that Everyone's into football.
0: They're into, well, and basketball, but yeah. college. Oh, more in the college. I mean, like, you know, I'm sure that. that there's yeah. good fans there for, you know, the jazz. But it's not, like, it's all you hear about in Portland is, is the jazz. You don't hear
1: that much about the jazz in SLC? I
0: don't. Really? I don't. I
1: wonder if it's just because it's a bigger city?
0: Portland is
2: bigger? No,
1: is, is Salt Lake City just, like, so big that there's people that are, like, not into the jazz. No,
2: it's
0: not
1: that big. No, yeah, it's one of it's the.
2: Smallest, uh, yeah. It's not that big. It's one say. of the smallest markets in the
1: in the NBA.
2: I think. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's be. You know, yeah.
1: Maybe it's just one of those things like Jeep. You know, it's a Jeep thing. You wouldn't understand. Jeep. Jeep. Everyone owns a Jeep. It's funny they <laughs> have like. Uh, so
0: the the roads in Salt Lake City are very bizarrely numbered, and uh, you know the way they're organized is unlike anywhere else in the country that I've seen, and they have like four streets that aren't numbered; they're named. It's like Carl Malone Boulevard, <laughs> uh, Caesar Chavez Boulevard, and uh, Martin Luther King Boulevard. Those three people are named, and they represent the actual culture of Salt Lake City probably the least. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm hungry. Ross, long it, long looks, it looks like
2: you're, you're raring to go here. So. Yeah, I got to bounce. <laughs> Good to see you guys.
0: All right, Let's Ross. the podcast. Yeah. Hello, all the Denver Stiffs. Loves you guys. Love the stiffs. stiffs.
1: All right. We'll take a short break. We'll come back with some NBA trade talk. The NBA trade deadline in full swing. It is. Things are getting a little uh, hot and heavy. Craziness. As I once heard on Seinfeld. Hot hot and and heavy. heavy. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that's been going on. Let's maybe start back a little bit. Obviously, the Nuggets made the deal for Mason Plumlee. Uh, And then we we come to find out that over this All-Star break, DeMarcus Cousins gets traded. During the the All-Star game. To the New Orleans Pelicans. (laughs) Yeah, I was listening to the Ringer NBA show, and Kevin O'Connor was at the All-Star game, and he was talking about sitting there, and they start seeing these tweets coming out about Cousins, like, Woe starts tweeting, right? Yeah. So they're, like, trying to figure out, like, what the hell is going on? You know, like, it's during the game, and then obviously we have the, the tremendous footage after the game of the Kings PR guy. Explaining to Cousins why they have to take All Star questions first because he'd been traded, and you get to see live reaction of Cousins' face finding out that he'd been traded to New Orleans. Which it's was, it's amazing, well, which
2: was awesome. Which is you know one of those things, and I'll, I got to go right out here and say this because I, I I know people are have differing views on the Cousins thing, and I, I don't want to linger too much on this because I think everyone's sick of out, yeah. sick of hearing about this, but. Um, DeMarcus Cousins, one of the reasons he was so disappointed is because he was in line for $209 million. And Losing out on about $30 million? Yep, $29 million. And I think that played an enormous factor in his desire to... I'm not saying it's it. I'm saying that played a big factor in his desire to stay. Apparently his agents were telling every team that wanted to trade for him, we're not going to sign with you, we're not going to sign with you, because he wanted that money, yo.
1: And I, I, my thing with the whole Cousins deal was obviously, like everybody else, I was skeptical about the return they got on a guy that was, you know, a whale. You know, that it was supposed yep. to. Trading a guy like Cousins, and when, even when the Nuggets traded Carmelo, you know, there's this hope that you get back enough to where you're able to rebuild and be stronger. And, and as we've seen with Denver, you know. They did benefit, I believe, Jamal Murray was a a draft pick of consequence in that trade, right? Uh, One of the pick swaps, the Nuggets were able to get Murray. Uh, So they're not getting back a lot for Cousins would feel like it's like if the Nuggets traded Carmelo to the Nets and only got back Derek Favors or something where you're like, is this guy even going to be
2: good? I was actually thinking about that, too. Do you remember the, the substance of that Nets they were offering the Nuggets like three first-round picks and Derek Favors and Andre Kirilenko, right?
1: Yeah, I'd have to go back and be- see. Andre Kirilenko
2: from, uh, from uh, fucking uh, um, Utah. So it was going to be like some three-team deal. And I don't know how it got out. But anyway, but but that right there was a some more subst- substantive deal than what... Uh, New Orleans gave up for uh, Demarcus Cousins, which we think that he is, regardless of all his problems, he's still worth
1: a lot. We know it's funny too. So everybody says like, well, I mean, hell, look what the Nuggets got for Mozgov. I mean, two, two first. first round picks, right? One yeah. first round pick was coupled with JaVale McGee to go to the Sixers. Mm-hmm. The other first round pick was just traded to just obtain traded. Miles or Mason Plumley. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, the Nuggets got those two things, and what they get out of it, Mason Plumley. Right? Yeah,
2: Mason Plumley for two firsts, and maybe
1: there's some other stuff in there I'm missing. Well, they they, at the they, they really
2: had to include a first to get rid of, uh, and that first turned into two seconds, by the way, from uh, uh, because of the Oklahoma City Thunder, they were too good, so it turned into two seconds. So that the the phil the Seventy Sixers in this essence got two seconds for that, but you did get two firsts. And you ended up just getting Mason Plumlee for for that, what it <laughs> yeah. really amounts to
1: it. You, yeah, you basically were searching for a backup center, and it went from Mozgov to Nurkic to, to, <laughs> to Plumlee. Uh, yeah. but I, I, so the thing that probably disappointed me the most about this is Cousins was on record saying he wanted to stay and re-sign. He had that whole thing with the reporters where he's like, yeah. well, I'm going to be here. You know, Who wants me here? And uh, To me, it's like, why not just sign him to the $209 million deal and then trade him? You know? <laughs> You know what I mean I would it have it, been harder because he's making so much I, money yes
2: I think that's that played a big factor but I, even
1: now he's not a rental you still have him for all of next season see i don't
2: I don't know if they could have this is the thing they they extend him for two hundred and whatever million dollars I don't think there's and with his track record of attitude issues that that contract becomes like a weight around your neck and is he worth that. I'm not saying they did this right. I'm, th- th- let me separate this. I'm not saying the, the Kings were right. I'm saying that you know just from a basic financial situation, putting, investing $209 million in uh, DeMarcus Cousins with his track record, that's a big, big, big gamble, I think. I, I, if I was a, a GM, I'd have trouble investing in
1: that. And I believe he's only... So now... We'll st- Move off of that a little bit and just talk about what it's going to mean, maybe for the for the Pelicans and the Nuggets playoff race. Uh, One one key thing to note is if Cousins gets another technical, he's suspended for a game. Yes, he is. Which which could be, you know, I looked at it yesterday. The 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 Pelicans have twenty five games remaining. The Nuggets have twenty six. Essentially, they both play fifteen playoff teams. No matter how, and it expands a little further out if you consider, uh, you know, teams like the Miami Heat. Obviously, the Pelicans, uh, you know, those board of the bubble teams, Milwaukee, if you consider some of those, it's more it's like so both teams relatively similar schedules down the stretch. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. And if if the Nuggets are able to hold off the Pelicans with a a two and a half game lead, I suspect at some point the Nuggets could be uh, behind by half a game or a full game just naturally because of what the schedule is going to show. So I don't think people should panic if the Nuggets suddenly go from two and a half up to a game behind because I think the schedule is going to balance some of that out. It's really going to come down to the three remaining games between the Pelicans and Nuggets, which are fascinating because they don't happen for a while. So both teams are going to get a chance to gel with whatever they do in the next day or two. And you got two games in Denver, too yeah and two of those are in Denver, which is which is huge.
2: Um, I, I think Denver's that, already
1: up one to nothing in that series yeah, yeah, so. and
2: the, the nuggets already are up and have an advantage in that. they have a better record now. look it's going to be an interesting race because we're going to find out how cl-
1: serious the nuggets are about chasing the eighth. and even Alvin Gentry said today, you know we don't have a lot of room for error, like this thing has to work and it has to work right now, right
2: well uh, i've got to point something out. Um, David Robinson and Tim Duncan were able to work because David Robinson allowed it to work. I mean, just got to put it that way. Because David Robinson was the star. Tim Duncan came in as the draft pick. He deferred to Dave, to, uh, to Tim Duncan a lot. And that's why that we were able to win a title, I think, in the second year after that. So, I mean, that was real yeah. quick. Um, nine times out of ten, it don't work that way. And I think that... What you're going to be seeing is who wants to be the alpha dog here in New Orleans. And you've got to play that out, and that, oftentimes it's messy. I'm not convinced it can work, personally.
1: I know I'm not convinced of it either. I, I do like the fact that they obviously have Drew Holiday, a very capable guy. I think Omri Caspi is a, a huge get for the Pelicans as well, a guy that's yeah, been guy shooting about shoot 40% from yeah. three point the last few years. And they didn't have a lot of shooting at all. So, yeah, I mean, losing Heald. Heald was kind of becoming a a somewhat important part of their offense, at least for a three-point shooter. But, you know, I I think replacing him with Caspi is an upgrade. Yes. Because Heald is, you know, Heald may end up being better at some point down the line. But whatever the case, it's going to be a very tight race. Uh, There's more rumors that have been coming out today. One thing I found interesting, uh, Eric Goodman of Mile High Sports had a Uh tweet today that had mentioned... Maybe there's some kind of faction within the Nuggets organization, I think is what he was trying to say. Would rather miss the playoffs and have a 2% chance at the lottery than make the playoffs? I haven't gotten that sense from anybody with the I, Nuggets that I've talked I think... To. I think... That might be a very small minority. Mike, one guy maybe takes that. I don't know. I don't
2: know. The way I look at this and what is what's been told to me in various times I've talked to people off the, you know, on background is that if you're going to barely miss the playoffs, it does you no good. It does you no good. You're like you're where Milwaukee is basically, with getting getting a what the 14th pick in the draft. Yeah. And what what good does that do you? Because the nine times out of ten, you have a you're not going to get you're not going to move up. You know, there's always the Cleveland example from you know a couple of years ago, but nine to, you know like I said, nine times out of ten that doesn't happen. And if you're going to be that close, you might as well make the playoffs because it, that will do you better, even if you're swept, than it will just barely missing and then like hoping and praying that you 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 get some sort of miracle luck. I, I I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all.
1: So the big, I think the big couple of things coming out of this this rest of this deadline is the availability of of two guys. Obviously, one with Jimmy Butler in Chicago. And the other is, as Wojnowski said today, um, Paul George of the Indiana Pacers. Both guys. That's interesting, is it? Very obvious targets for the Denver Nuggets. Very obvious. Um, I think if you go further down the rung, I think it kind of goes, I don't know what order the Nuggets would prefer them, but there's Paul George, Butler. There's guys like Otto Porter who Otto are Porter, younger yeah. that fit more of a Nuggets timeline. And then there's guys like Andre Roberson who are a much more flawed player than those three I just mentioned. Yeah. You know That's kind of a pecking order of, of perhaps what Denver would... I've been thinking about this and thinking about this. What does Denver need if they were to make a trade? Centers, fine. Power forwards, fine. Small forward, area of need. Shooting guard, fine. Point guard, question mark, right? So if Denver's looking to upgrade spots, it's got to be point guard and it's got to be small forward or power forward depending on who the player is. So my my big thing is... You know, are you going to get a deal done for Paul George or Jimmy Butler in the next day? Probably not. I don't see any reason why the Bulls or the Pacers should be in any rush. Although I'll say this: What would you rather have? Would you rather have the Boston Nets pick now, or would you want to wait until the lottery plays out and know where that pick is if you were trading for it? I mean, it's going to be a top four pick. No it's going to be what. top
2: four, yeah. Uh boy. I mean, if, if I mean, one of those guys draft, gets traded, I don't see how the Celtics don't just make a deal. You know everyone who listens to this podcast knows I'm not a draft neck. But this draft is supposed to be loaded well, for, it, the, the, for the first seven picks at
1: least. Especially up top where you have two very premier point guards and you know you have a guy like Josh Jackson who could maybe mm-hmm. be a Paul George-type player at some point.
2: Alonzo Ball. You got, I mean, there are guys in, that, in that, that top rank that he's like, okay, that makes this particular draft that makes that that pick extremely valuable just like i don't think you can get any more valuable than it is right now can you i mean no
1: i mean especially when you consider that boston also has jalen brown as a as a trump card so in any deal. boston can trump any deal plus they have the nets pick next year too yep. so i mean i i think if, if either guy gets traded it's to boston it's yeah. not to denver and maybe the Lakers. And the Lakers have some assets that they could, you know, put forward as well. Yeah. But theirs, theirs, is not in the form of uncertainty. Like I think the enticing thing about the Celtics is that draft pick. Like we talked about. Uh, I think even Conley had mentioned it. Just the allure of having a pick, right? You don't. It's not a. It's still a question mark. It's yeah. not. Yeah. Brandon Ingram and Jordan Clarkson. However you feel about those guys, but my thing is, there's there's the Celtics, the Nuggets, the Lakers. There's the Sixers. A lot of teams have a lot of stuff they can give up. And if the Nuggets are going to make a trade for Jimmy Butler or Paul George, I don't see any way that they wouldn't have to give up, you know, either Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, or Juancho Hernan Gomez. If not two of those guys, yeah. certainly one of those guys. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, you're absolutely. But does that trump getting
1: Lonzo Ball? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Murray is Even, I, I love Jamal Murray, but no. I mean, if uh, if Danny Ainge is calling Danny Ainge, what does he always want to do? Win trades, right? When he has to win every trade, yes. He and not by a small game. margin. No,
2: he has to make sh- humiliate you, basically. So the there's
1: trade. that's perhaps Denver's hope, right? Is that Boston's just so stingy with these draft picks. Although it makes no sense. If Boston drafted Lonzo Ball or Fulk from Washington... It's going to take those guys a couple years to be ready. Well, Plus, yeah. they have Isaiah Thomas there. Well, there's two factors, too. There's that. If I'm Boston, if, I make if, that deal tomorrow. It, it, yeah, and if
2: Boston wants Today. to play hardball, you know, there's also the human factor here. And we just saw it It play out with—I'm telling people this for a reason. Players do this. They tell their agents, I am not going to sign there because I want something specific. I especially that's why expiring contracts are not as valuable as they used to be because these players can say, I, I'm not going to resign with you guys. I'm, I'm not going to do it. And then that completely craters the value of that person going to that team and they can keep doing that. And that's why I, that, and I'm saying that there's human factor and then there's other things. But as far as actual on the table, quote unquote assets goes, you cannot t- tr- trump the uh, the Boston Celtics because they got those picks They could trade both of those picks this year. They could trade both of them if they thought that Paul George or Jimmy Butler was going to put them over the top.
1: And that's that's the other hard part, too, is when you consider, from the Nuggets angle, when you consider both Paul and Butler, yes, you make a trade for either one of those guys and you give up basically whatever you have to, I think, if you're the Nuggets, right? But at the same time, how do you guarantee that you're not putting yourself into a situation that the Knicks were just in that you know every team that's ever traded Mortgage for a star player ever. Yeah, yeah, how do you how do you do both, right? Like how do you how do you make sure that you trade for Jimmy Butler but you're also still good enough and you say, "Well, it's easy because you have Jokic." But it's like once you get down to just Jokic and Butler, I've been even thinking about this without a big trade. Like the Nuggets to take another step, it's going to it's hard, man. I, I, I'll tell you this: uh, you can't put a lot of guys around Jokic. I don't think this is
2: this is something that Masai Jury found out, and he's finding out again in uh, Toronto. It's easier to go from bad to good than it is to go from good to great, and it is hard if you're a Celtics person. It's hard without actually giving up substantial value for you to take that next step from where they are, because they're good.
1: I think it's so easy for Boston to be like, you want this Nets pick? Yeah, dude. Like, we're trying to win right now. They might be able to beat Cleveland. Some people don't think so. I think they could beat Cleveland if they have. If they got Paul George, they could beat Cleveland, I think. They got
2: Horford, and they got, uh, okay. One caveat here. Isaiah Thomas, I, I don't trust him in the playoffs. I think that you cannot win in the playoffs with Isaiah Thomas dominating the ball for 60% of your possessions.
1: And maybe that's what Boston knows, and maybe that's why they don't want to give up that pick because well, they may not have to pay Isaiah Thomas in a couple of years when his contract comes due. They could just let him walk and yeah. put old Lonzo Ball right into the starting lineup. You I know think what I mean?
2: that is a factor, too.
1: That would have to be a factor, right? That would have to be a factor. So, uh... While this is going, the Nuggets are at practice. T.J. McBride, Anilo... Piro. I wanted to call him... I wanted to say Piro, but I almost said, like, Pirro. That's uh, close enough. T.J., Anilo, Chris Dempsey have all tweeted out that uh, the Nuggets will be starting Jameer Nelson at point guard, even though Moutier is healthy. Uh, T.J. McBride saying that Malone is citing that uh, uh, he could reclaim his starting spot, but that players have to sacrifice to better the team. Which is...
2: Which well, is an interesting comment there. How, okay, Nate, remove all of the okay, say like you were at Pepsi Center right now and you got that comment from Malone. In your analysis of it, what would you immediately think after he says that? Nugget should be trying to trade Moody
1: as hard yes. as they possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> if, yes. a, if a thirty five year old has <laughs> taken your job, you're in trouble. Well, that also—I mean—I
2: mean—I don't know if they asked about Gallo starting, because Wilson was starting while Gallo was out.
1: Oh yeah, we'll we'll have to see what what comes down there. But I—I I mean, I'm uh, I'm very interested. I mean, obviously Nelson has been—you know—nothing short of spectacular as the starting point guard the last few games. Uh, he's been great, and it's it's really easy to to shoot wide open three pointers. And Jameer's a pretty good three point shooter, so he's you know. That's basically what he's doing is and just Moudier's making so open good. shots. Right?
2: is not so good at that.
1: And it's, it's such a hard question because it's like, I don't know if guys should lose their starting job just because they're injured, even if it proves out that the team is better with that guy not in there. You know? Like, I, I don't know. I, I think with Moody, I think the writing's kind of on the wall that the Nuggets could easily just move him.
2: I think that...
1: Let's go through that. Let's go through the players that we kay. think the All Nuggets right. could possibly All move at this deadline. Uh, i 'm just going to go through the guy i 'm just going to go through guys that I think could actually get moved. Jameer Nelson was a guy that we talked about for forever. Uh, I think that Jameer is firmly safe, yeah the rest of the way Emmanuel uh, Mudiay just lost his starting job to a thirty five year old <laughs> I think he might have That's been able to, to play the last few games but yeah. didn 't for the nuggets yeah I, I think the Nuggets are actively probably looking for a home for Mudiay in in a Perhaps a bigger.
2: This trade. is just us speculating, by the way. We're Definitely. not. We're not. We're not saying this based on anything. But reading, reading between the lines here, based on what what Malone was saying, and and quite frankly, anyone who watched the altitude broadcast of the Nuggets' last game um, saw Moutier on the bench, and for someone who supposedly had a, a bad back, was quite active and jumping around. For someone who was supposedly out with a bad back, so obviously there's probably some other factors going on. But Moody
1: has got two things going for him. Uh, there's a lot of late-blooming point guards. Yeah. He could be one of those. And you know, what, he, what, he, what
2: example would you use for Moody though, as far as someone who's late-blooming and, and came on?
1: Mike Conley, Eric Bledsoe.
2: Was Conley, was Conley a poor shooter? Do you remember him being a poor shooter? Yeah, I think he was a pretty I poor think he was shooter. Pretty sure. so, I, uh, I still don't think he's a good shooter. He's not great. But he also wasn't a turnover machine, I don't think, when he was that young.
1: Right, um, and that's kind of the big deals with, with Moutier is he can't dribble and he turns the ball over too much. Yeah. And when you have an offense that's predicated on getting the ball up the floor to Nikola Jokic, you have to have a guy that can get the ball up the floor and get it to Nikola Jokic. Moutier's been he was better with Jokic, though. Like, he was okay starting with Jokic. And Nelson has been better, but...
2: Jameer, and it's mostly because Jameer will shoot. He should be better, right? M- Jameer will shoot the ball, and I think that... Also, the 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 I think the just the general vibe of the team—they kind of want to follow Jameer, and I think that kind of leadership is is part of it. Um, but even here in uh, JJ
1: Redick did a podcast with Bill Simmons and spoke Jokic. glowingly yeah.
2: of Jameer Nelson. Jameer and Nelson, Jameer. And, Jameer. yeah, and that was interesting. And I, I keep thinking though, Jameer um, JJ Redick is a free agent this this offseason. And I'm like, God, can the Nuggets, can the Nuggets go try to sign J.J. J. J. Redick if he likes Nikola <laughs> Jokic and Jameer Nelson that much? Yeah, but, I mean, come on. You can't sign J.J. No, Redick. That's
1: not you him. have, like, 19 shooting cards. <laughs> yeah, but no one can shoot threes like him. I mean, come on. And he's actually uh, he's turned himself into a pretty damn good defender, too, which yeah, is Yeah, which is amazing, surprising.
2: considering if he, anyone remembers J.J. Redick from his Orlando days, didn't think that was ever possible. But, right. But there again, he's an example of someone who can get better. And, you know, it, it happens. And uh, but, you were going to go through. Let's go through the the, the,
1: the uh, next the man up name. is uh, Will Barton.
2: Mm. I think I, I, if I was another team, I would seriously be looking at Will Barton.
1: I'd be trying to get Barton. I think Barton's best value to the Nuggets in a trade scenario is again to be packaged in a in a bigger deal. He's the sweetener is sweetener. Yeah. He's a low money, high production, uh, high production for low cost. And and to me, you know, you can slide him into any deal and make it a better deal because you say, hey, man, you bring this guy off the bench, you're getting 10 to 20 points a night, you know what I mean? And that's all you really need. And I I tend to think that, you know, Barton is a a replaceable player. Uh, He's not as much of a ball mover as I think that the team would need out of a guy like himself. He can dominate the ball, yeah. I think he's a classic sixth man off the bench that can score points for you. He reminds me
2: uh, in a lot of ways of Jamal Crawford. But probably leaning towards closer to Jordan Crawford than Jamal Crawford. But, I mean... <laughs> Jeez,
1: man. <laughs> Kill the guy. <laughs> but, I
2: mean, no, no. He's got... No. It's, but it's, it's like no one else on the Nuggets does that. I mean, that's kind of like you, you need that guy off the yeah, bench who's going to do that sort of thing. Yeah. The Nuggets, outside of Barton, they don't have anyone and who's she, in that mode. And
1: Chandler kind of does it, but differently, right? Like, Barton's
2: a different yeah, kind of player. Yeah.
1: Wilson kind of does that. But if they didn't have... Say, like, if they
2: traded, if they traded Barton... um. Wilson could, more? Wilson could fill that role too. Yeah. Because Wilson is unafraid and he'll he'll take those shots. Um and Wilson I think is
1: a great six man. A great six man. Pretty good starting power forward too. That too. Um so yeah, Will Barton, I, I think in a one for one deal, I don't see the Nuggets moving him. If the Nuggets were to get in on a blockbuster, I think he's definitely in a trade like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, Gary Harris
2: let me ask you this I know you're a big Gary Harris fan what have you seen from Gary this year I think he I mean personal opinion on my end I think he's been fantastic offensively but it's been a really tough slog for him defensively this year which is unusual because he came in with the opposite I mean, it's kind of sh- turned around. Do you think that? I mean, as like someone who f- likes Gary Harris, do you think that's because he's concentrating so much on offense, or do you think that's just something else going on?
1: No, I, I think definitely that he's figured out that in order to be successful in the NBA and to get paid, yeah. you got to do it on offense. Yeah. Defense, you know, he has tools to be a, a pretty damn good defensive player. We've seen him be a—he's a good one-on-one defender individually. Yeah, can right. he fit into more concepts? I mean. I think so. I think he can still be good. I don't know if he's... I used to be sold that he could be your starting shooting guard for 10-plus years. I think if you had... If Jamal Murray turned out to be a solid point guard option, I think you could easily start Harris at 2, especially if you had Paul George at 3. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, If you have a guy like Roberson at 3, you you might need a little bit of a better version of Harris, although Harris has been, like you said, he's been great on offense. I'm not so sure... You don't need Harris to make plays with the ball in his hands because he's so good at moving without the ball. But there has been a few instances this year where I've seen Harris with the ball, and I'm like, "Man, it would really help if he had more of a one-on-one game." But that's so limited. I, I don't know. I think I think Harris is pretty much safe in any trade scenario. I can't see the Nuggets parting with him. I think unless it was he was a big sticky trade. point in yeah. the one. Yeah, exactly. But I think Harris is. I think Harris, I think if you're going untouchables, I think it's Jokic is completely untouchable. Yeah. I think Murray is just slightly behind Jokic, and I think that Harris is slightly behind Murray as far as importance to the Nuggets front office.
2: Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. That's that. definitely
1: agree with that. Uh, Wilson Chandler. Wilson Chandler. They're much speculated. I'm surprised somebody has been writing... Seen various people on Twitter. Travis Heath just mentioned something. I uh, saw something this morning where they said, "Why aren't more NBA players tweeting out cryptic emojis or something to get us thinking?" I almost added it and wrote to Wilson and said, "When are you gonna? When are you gonna <laughs> fool <laughs> us?" Because Twitter has fooled people for years. Because Wilson
2: is cryptic with <laughs> the words. He's 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 he likes trick you know tweeting out the rap lyrics. And then other other stuff. But, I mean, as far as Wilson goes, man, I, I that's a hard one because I think Wilson's had a great year. And at the same time, his value
1: is pretty
2: good because he's on a very reasonable
1: contract. And you can't really and. talk about Wilson without talking about Gallo. So let's just throw those two guys in. The in the same – okay. Yeah. Do you think that – this is the first time, I think, that I have been – that I believe that the Nuggets would be willing to trade one of those guys. Yeah. I this agree. year. Yeah. Not both, but perhaps one of those guys. Yeah. And I think I don't know which one it would be. I think it it all depends upon what offers you get. But I think it's uh I think it, it I think this is the year maybe that you might be able to get one of those guys cuz the Nuggets, you know, the timeline doesn't match up with either no. guy. No. No. Wilson's a little bit older, perhaps with, you know, some of the comments about his frustration with the consistency of his role on the team that, you know, perhaps. Again, I also think this comes down to the fact of the Nuggets front office saying, do you guys want to go or do you guys want to stay? I think that they would actually genuinely listen if Wilson was like, I really want out of here. I think they trade him. It's interesting because. But I don't think Wilson has said that either.
2: I- it's weird, well, we, you know, interpreting what Wilson says is, can be very, very difficult. Very hard. Very, very difficult. Um, look at it this way. His value probably on the trade market is greater than Gallo's only in this sense. He has another year left before an option. Gallo's option is at this, this offseason. That is, I mean, if you really want to extrapolate that, really, that's what it is. That's the only reason, because Gallo's had more points and, and averaged more points this year than, than Wilson. Wilson has been slightly less injured, but they've both been injured this year. So they're basically the same player. You're, play, you're, you're trading for basically, statistically, the same player. Yeah. The only difference is the contract. Gallo's contract isn't as favorable to a team acquiring him as Wilson's is right now.
1: Yeah. That's it. And I even had posted today just people saying the Rockets that tweet saying the Rockets wanted a guy in between ten to twelve million a year. So yeah. I just I was like, well let's go look at the nuggets, you know, the guys everybody thinks could be traded. Those are the three highest paid nuggets. Gallo at fifteen, yep. um, Farid at twelve and Wilson at eleven. Those are the three highest paid guys on the team. That's all they're making. Fifteen million. Yep ridiculous. I mean, it's and not going to look like that in three more years.
2: Keep that in mind when people are talking about Danilo Gallinari asking for the moon. He has taken two huge discounts for the Nuggets in both of his contracts. And one of them was that he signed an extension when he didn't have to. He and both Wilson did that. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously they wanted to stay the, in with the Nuggets enough to where they didn't want to you know break, have the Nuggets break the bank. All that aside... One of them can be gone. I think you'll get more value from Wilson. But I think Gallo is the more attractive player.
1: Yeah, so. I could probably see that because I think the teams that will, well, I think the teams that would come calling for both guys, yeah, I think you'd probably, you'd probably be able to extract a little bit more for Wilson just because I think he's perceived as the more well-rounded player and the more defensive got the more player. defensive, yeah. And that's, you know, honestly what teams like teams like Houston are going Okay, we're in the playoffs. How the fuck are we going to defend Durant and Steph? Yeah, yeah. All right, we got Beverly. Lou Williams can't play defense. We need another defender. Imagine Houston with Wilson. Yeah, they'd be good
2: instead of Trevor Ariza. I mean, you're you're. I I would I I think Houston, that would make Houston an extremely dangerous team. You insert insert Gallo there. You are the most deadly offensive team I've ever will ever walked the earth. But you won't be, you'll you'll do nothing for your defense.
1: It's so. funny because I think Gallo's role in Houston wouldn't be too dissimilar from what he does now in Denver. Yeah. It's going to be catch and shoot. Catch and shoot. <laughs> you know, because Harden has the ball. Yeah. And here Jokic has the ball. Here. Jokic has the ball.
2: But Jokic will pass a little more than Harden will.
1: And my, my preference has always kind of been, all right, so let's say the Nuggets, if they're going to deal one of those guys, I would prefer that they hung on to Chandler if they were going to get a really good small forward to start. Let's say let's say they got somehow they're able to keep one of those guys but add Paul George. Yeah. I'd rather add Paul George with Wilson because I don't think Gallo can play off the bench, and I think you'd have to start Paul George at the, at the yeah, three. Yeah,
2: G- Gallo is not the person that I would want on the bench.
1: Yeah. That's <laughs> an, I mean, I, so, you know, the long and short of this is one of those guys I think could be traded tomorrow. I don't know if it will happen, but it could. It could.
2: I mean, listen. If if they end up doing nothing, Gallo, and if Gallo walks in the in the uh, off season, you got Wilson behind him. Well, here's the and other so thing too that you know,
1: somebody had tweeted out yesterday that uh, you know Gallinari could be perceived as a rental, and it's like, well, think of it from Denver's angle. They want to make the playoffs. Isn't Gallo could essentially be a rental for Denver? In a in a roundabout way, yeah, yeah. You know, you use them to make the playoffs exactly. In the off season, you try out some other younger options. Maybe you go back to Gallo and re-sign him if you're not able to get a guy like Otto Porter or whoever the hell you're going to go after. Yeah. Um, I don't know if is going to be Denver's first priority in the off season. I doubt it. Uh, Wilson has maybe indicated some frustration with the team, so I wouldn't be surprised if they moved one of those guys. Yeah. Let's no, it there. Th- th-
2: listen. It. it, it the people when they look at this, they can think look at this and say, okay, the Nuggets got to move one of those guys. I don't think the Nuggets are in a position where they got to do anything. I, I, I think things will shake down as they shake down as they get into the off season. There's no urgency to do something. With, if they want to get value for Gallo, honestly, they're going to have to resign him. They're going to have to resign him to what they think is a reasonable deal. If they can do that, then they can deal him. If not, they let him walk. You still have Wilson Chandler here for another year.
1: See, and that's the other reason that I don't think the Nuggets are going to be you know, big time sellers is because those two guys and, and all the veterans on this team essentially I totally lost what I was gonna say. I do that all the time. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I don't I don't see the Nuggets being yeah. sellers because of guys like Paul George. I don't think that the Nuggets will sell off Gallo, Barton and Chandler individually when perhaps this summer they could use some kind of package of those guys, whether it's uh, TJ McBride mentioned this on on Twitter today of just, what if you just trade Gallinari for a first that you can use in a package to get Paul George, you know? If you do a a crazy three-team trade or, you know, something like that. You could do that. The Pacers are like, well, we don't want Gallo, but we want another first-round pick. It's like, okay, we'll send him here. They'll send their first to you. How about that? Yeah. Like, I I still think, even though it, it may be stupid to think this way, that the Nuggets aren't going to sell these guys off individually because there's still a chance of packaging them this summer for something. I'd rather them hang on to those guys this summer and make a move versus sell them off for first-round picks right now.
2: Well, look at it this way. If you, if you get two guys for two first-round picks and your, pre, your plans don't go well... You're going to be like the Boston Celtics, and you're going to be stuck with a whole bunch of first-round picks right. that you and the that you don't were. necessarily I mean, want. The what? Nuggets
1: didn't want to draft, you know, Murray, Wancho, and Malik Beasley in the first round last year. Yep, they did it because they had to. You yep. know, and and honestly, I mean, we've already seen the Nuggets give away a first-round pick, so they're not looking for first-round picks in this draft. I don't think. And you're not going to get a lotto pick. You know, you're going to get a, a back end. So
2: I, it's just, it's it, yeah. But there's not a lot of desperation there. And if the Nuggets can pull off a big trade, they can. I don't think people should look at this. If the Nuggets don't do anything, this trade deadline, if they don't do anything, people shouldn't look at it as if it's a failure because, you know, they don't have to do anything. Their timeline is not going to stop because they make a deal or don't make a deal.
1: How about just, uh, Kenneth Lee? Still around? After oh, the yeah. deadline.
2: He's been so good with with Jokic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of the Denver. He's big still man.
2: awful defensively. He is still one of the worst defensive power forwards in the league. But he is so good offensively with him. If the Nuggets are going to go all in on the offensive end, you have
1: to keep free, right? Yeah, I, I tend to think that watching that last. Timberwolves game before the break, I was not encouraged by Plumlee and Jokic on the floor together yeah. because I thought they were kind of playing hot potato with the ball. Too
2: there's, much passing.
1: As well yeah. as there's not a lot of space. And I don't know. I mean, I think it could work. I just, I kind of, I hope the Nuggets aren't trying to make that be. I hope they're not trying to replace Farid with Plumlee. And start Plumlee.
2: You can't have two guys who are too, too, you, you need to, in that situation, you need one of your front court people to
1: be a scorer. And I'm a little leery that they're going to try to do that again. And it's like, why are we, you know? Like, I understand with the fact that you might want to pay Plumley, he might make $16 million next season yeah. per season, which is more than anybody else on the team, which is crazy. Um, Unless they resign Gallo. Yeah, unless they resign Gallo or whomever, I just I, I don't know. I I I think Plumlee is a backup center, and that's where you should play him. And I, I think you can play some overlap with Jokic for sure, five to ten minutes. You know, ten minutes being the max. I think I'm just not. I'm like, man, I'd much rather have Wancho start at the four than Mason Plumlee. In two years, you know what I mean? Yeah,
2: I I don't know. I mean, I th- I think Mason Plumley is unless under, it works. I think Mason Plumley <laughs> is is underrated in some way, but he's overrated in others.
1: Can't shoot free throws. He can't shoot. He can't free shoot jump shots. He's got a worse jump shot than Fareed. Yeah, he does. Um, or they're equal. Which but is he's
2: more of a rim protector.
1: Not than Fareed, I don't think.
2: But I mean, but it's like he's a center. Yeah.
1: I, I, th- I think he's your backup center.
2: and Plan you know, there. It, overlap he, a little bit. What He's making, what, $4 million a year now? I think he'd be happy to make $10, 10 million, $12 million a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what <laughs> his brother got paid. His brother stinks. His brother is terrible, yes. <laughs> Miles Plumlee is awful. Um, so, yeah, but it's just, yeah, I, it, that is a problem. I just, if the Nuggets are going to go all in with Plumlee, they have to deal for Reed. If they're going to envision him as a four. I think, and I'm with you. They need to just have him as the backup center because that's they need to play him 25 minutes a night. Some overlap with Jokic,
1: but not a lot. And you know, I've kind of been I've been thinking about this. I'm like, okay, so let's just kind of look down the road. Jameer Nelson doesn't have a lot of time left in the league at 35. Chandler's not going to be here forever. Gallo's not going to be here for forever. Farid, Darrell Arthur no matter how these, it already kind of looks like Moutier's not the starting point guard of the future, right? Uh, you start kind of looking down the road at, what are they going to do? And I, I mentioned earlier that I don't think you can put a lot of guys with Jokic, which is a really weird statement because he literally makes everyone that plays with him better. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm so leery about how do you go forward with Jokic, you know, could Paul George come in here and fit into you know, would he <laughs> if Paul George comes here, it's very very hard for me to see Paul George thinking to himself, I should defer to Jokic.
2: Paul George isn't a ball dominant guy though. He doesn't dribble the air out of the ball. You know, he's he's he doesn't he not really. Not
1: not as much as Jimmy Butler. And that's the other thing, too. Is if, if you bring Jimmy Butler in here, how does he fit? Does he think to himself, boy, I should probably be giving the ball to this Jokic guy a lot? Or does he think, I'm the best damn player on this team. Uh, Jimmy but- I'm taking all the shots. <laughs> Jimmy
2: Butler is more of a concern with me than Paul George. Because yeah, Paul I think, George, I think George I think Paul has a compliment.
1: fit much better into a team environment than Jimmy Butler.
2: It's a complimentary skill set right there. I that would be more of that to me. Because, I mean, listen, it was very interesting to me. If you watch, remember watching the uh, Rising Stars Challenge... And it's an all-star game, quote-unquote, with a bunch of young kids. Watching that first half, how every player on that roster deferred to Jokic. He took the ball up the court. He was basically the point guard for long stretches when he was on the court. That was very interesting to me. And then he was dishing to Dante Exum. He had great chemistry with Dante Exum in that game. Dishing to Porzingis. He was, everyone was getting the ball. I think players want to play with that guy. players want to be around a guy who's going to make you a better player. So I think. Do you think that, that applies
1: be... to guys that are older than Jokic? Do you think? Do you think? Would you? Do you think you could bring star players in here and they would defer to Jokic? And is that a route that you would like to see the Nuggets uh, take? Is trade for a guy?
2: I tell you this: JJ Reddick's reaction on on the Ringer podcast with Bill Simmons was very revealing to me. How he looked at Jokic and was like, he is the guy.
1: And J.J. Reddick fucking knew about Jokic. He wasn't just saying, he's a good player. Yep. He knew some specifics.
2: That was revealing to me more than anything. That was a guy who was looking at Jokic and saying, this is a guy who's going to get me the ball. This is a guy who's going to make me better. You could see it, but because players always look at the game as players. They're not looking at it as, like, us, fans. You know, or we're detached. We're we're but those guys can look at it as if they're in the game. That's a that's pretty amazing to me. And I then that if you're getting that kind of reaction from people, that's only positive and you want guys to then they will buy in because they want to play with them.
1: Yeah, and that's what I'm I'm so freaking uh I'm so leery about that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm like that's what scares me the most is trying to figure out how you're gonna get better while also realizing the NBA windows are so tiny uh, I'm gonna have some shitty sound come on because USA Today loves to freaking play videos. <laughs> it's okay. I'm trying to get, uh, you know that I, I just I, I, I'm stuck on trying to figure out how the Nuggets are gonna be a title team uh, with Jokic, and I'm like, man, I just don't know if you trade for Paul George, you trade for Jimmy Butler. They're 26, so essentially those guys are gonna be at the level they're at. You hope unless they have a lot of miles on them already from Thibodeau and. Vogel, mm, yeah. you know I mean, the run, I mean, the Indiana made some serious runs early in George's career, right? Yeah, I've seen his rookie year. year
2: was 2011, right? So 2010.
1: I just think, you know, and we were talking about can the Nuggets trade for Paul George and win a title at the same time? Like, is it, is it, would it all line up perfectly for them? Is there a fear of the Warriors are still going to be good in three years? What's the point of trading for George? You're still not going to be able to beat the Warriors. Or do you go ahead and say, screw what the rest of the league is doing. We don't know what's going to happen a year or two down the road. we got to be as good as we can now because we don't know when our window is going to open. Like I, I, I lean a little bit more towards not wanting to trade for any of these older star players. And I say older because they're not 21 like Jokic. I, I'm leery yeah, of it but, because I'm like, man, let's just keep growing with Jokic, keep drafting guys, and let him be the real focal point here and put more guys around him. You know the problem with that? Let him become entrenched as the star here You first. know what the problem with that is?
2: You're going to have the problem that every one of these other places have. Like the, Before you've, the poor you've ever had to ever even sniff a title, you have to pay all these guys. Then what are you going to do? I mean, it's just like the, 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 the Thunder. The Thunder traded James Harden. And it could go down as one of the worst trades in hindsight in NBA history because of what James Harden became, right? Yeah. When you got to pay everyone, and they're all at the same age, that's the problem. I would rather <laughs> stagger it and go. Okay, well, we got this guy who's older. We got this guy who's like not as old, and all that stuff. Rather than everyone getting. Older at the same time and coming up because you're gonna get Jokic coming up, you're gonna have Murray coming up, Harris, you're have Wancho coming up, Wancho, <laughs> Harris. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's it's that's the problem, and you don't want them point. all hitting the same thing at the same time. So, I, I think I look at it that way, and I say, all right, you want you want,
1: <laughs> yeah. a
2: staggered thing to where you can say, all right, even if they have to give up, say. It, and, and I'm just throwing this out there as a hypothetical. Let's say they put Jamal Murray in a trade, right? You're paying a guy now, and you're not having to pay Jamal Murray later if you know this guy is a star. Like Paul George, you know he's a star, right? Yeah. In that scenario, I think I'd be somewhat okay with getting Jamal Murray because you get something guaranteed, and you know what level of play you're going to get from Paul George. Sure. If you were doing it for, say, JaVale McGee... <laughs> That you would not trade that. Obviously. Yeah, like,
1: like if, <laughs> if you asked me, like, all right, would I be more comfortable trading Jamal Murray for Otto Porter or Paul George? It's obviously Paul George. Yeah. Right? And that's kind of the fear, right? You don't want to give him up and then suddenly have him turn into James Harden and then you exactly. have Paul George turn into Jeremy Lamb. You know exactly. what I mean? <laughs> Exactly.
2: I mean, and that's totally. And I think that's why people get obsessed with, with having a roster full of young people. Well, that's one of the reasons why the Nuggets didn't want that many first round picks on the roster. You're going to have to
1: pay these guys eventually. True. And I, 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 I thought that perhaps, you know, Chandler and Gallo were still young enough to where once, you know, Moody and Jokic and I thought Nurkic at the time, but I thought once those guys were ready that, you know, Gallo and these guys would still be very good players. Uh, I think I've seen. Gallo take a bit of a step back from where he was physically. Uh, yes. Chandler, I think, is as is, is good as he's ever been. Um, but he's still, you know, he's 30. He's a decade older than Jokic, essentially, which yeah. is crazy to think about.
2: It's amazing, isn't it? Um,
1: but, yeah, I mean, I guess if you look at a guy like Paul George that's 26, that does kind of help stagger things out, although, you know. And I, I also think that I think with both Murray and with Jokic that they both play Obviously, Murray's going to have his up and, ups and downs, same with Jokic, but they both play a more mature style than I think I thought that they would. So I think that if you traded for a Paul George, I think those guys can play right now in serious playoff series. I think Jokic and Murray, uh, especially next year with Murray, I think those guys are ready to play big roles. And I, I think they can. I, mean, I, don't, I think I don't, Murray is. I, I definitely don't think that Jokic, he's, he's not afraid of anybody. No. He doesn't think about it. No. So You hear
2: him yesterday. He's like, they've been talking about the Cousins trade. It's like, eh, don't we don't care.
1: care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? You know, you keep crying about it. Um, yeah, it, it's very interesting. I, I, think, I, I love the team building aspect. I love the deadline because you just start thinking about so many possibilities. Um, I mean, it's interesting. And if the Nuggets do something,
2: I'm sure you and I will be back talking about what it means and we can't sit here and start predicting anything and it's we're not in the news breaking game here but we are i think that what i see is a team that doesn't have to do anything but if they do it may be a big thing
1: and uh harrison wind of bsn denver tweeting out kenneth farid right ankle sprain not expected to play versus sacramento thursday didn't the Nuggets say yesterday that everybody was going to be available? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Is that a new ankle injury for Fareed, or is Fareed uh, being uh, <laughs> I traded? I what is think. happening? <laughs> is Fareed being traded Fareed or not? Fareed is out <laughs> for tomorrow? <laughs>
2: Interesting. Well, hey, I mean, you're hearing this on a podcast, so it's like by the time you listen to this thing... Fareed
1: will have... really have, have, <laughs> <done. I mean, laughs> have... a double-double... <laughs>
2: So like if this was a radio program, they're like, "Oh man, well, look at this!" But you know. yeah. but uh, I, okay, all I all I know is that the Nuggets, uh, Gallo left groin strain, low back pain, your Arthur illness are all questionable versus the Kings. Didn't didn't Malone say that they're all supposed to play? Tomorrow?
1: Yeah, I'm trying that's... to figure out. If, I'm trying to figure out if that's. I don't know. They're all questionable. I guess. That's how they're listed. That's how they're listed. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. If, the, if something crazy does go down with the Nuggets, we'll definitely be back for another podcast tomorrow. Uh, we may be back anyway because I'm going to be just sitting around glued to my computer, so why not talk a little shop about the trade deadline? Eh? Yeah. So we'll see how that goes down. The Nuggets are going to be in Sacramento. We're going to be out of here right now, but maybe see you guys tomorrow. Maybe. Maybe.